Hey everybody, welcome back to the IGN Movies Podcast, Keeping It Real. This is Jim, joined by Chris and Roth. Hello. Hello. Gee, now, we, uh, <laughs> this will be the final movies podcast and final episode of Keeping It Real for 2014. Uh, we are going to be on holiday, as our friends across the pond say, for uh, the next couple of weeks. Um, so, we do have a lot to talk about today. A lot. A Things lot. happened. It's been and, a busy week. And even some stuff from the week before that we'll, we'll get into. Um, so let's just dive right into it. Obviously, the big news this week is the cancellation of the release of the interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sony Pictures pulling the plug on that after um, threats of physical terrorism evoking 9-11 were, were sent to the studio and uh, threatening those who would exhibit the movie. Uh, a number of theater chains then uh, exercised their option to not show the movie, basically leading Sony another op- no other option than just cancel it because only, I think, a few theaters were willing to show it. Yep. So um, we've, we've had a big discussion about what will they do next, and you know, Sony also said we have no further plans for the release of this movie, including D- uh, DVD and VOD. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a whole discussion so we about may, that. We may be one of a few hundred people that have seen Roth this. Roth and I have both seen this movie. Yeah. And we enjoyed it. Roth's yeah. review is up on the site. Um, uh, it's a funny movie, but uh, and I've, I said this in our previous discussion, that I think the eventually the movie made about what happened to this movie will be a better movie oh, yeah. than the interview. I mean, it's fascinating. It, it's got to be, a, I, I feel like it needs to be a 10-episode series on cable to and really capture. And Aaron Sorkin would probably be a good <laughs> one for this, despite raking the media over the coals for this, which uh, that's a whole other thing. But there is one particular aspect of this um, uh, case that I find uh, really should make Americans really think hard and, and, and think about sort of um, our reaction to the cancellation of this movie. It's, I did feel that the kind of reactions that I was seeing uh, online uh, were overly simplistic. It isn't, it, it, obviously it was a chilling day for free speech, for arti- artists' right to express themselves. However, there, there are, the, the problem that I, I find that Rogan and Goldberg, one of the problems they had was they're creating art that they don't own. They're, they're art, they're ultimately the expression of what they want to say is owned by somebody else. And in this sure. case, it is a Japanese corporation. So, and one facet that only it seems like now people are talking about is that perhaps some of these threats weren't necessarily directed at American theater going audiences but audiences possibly in Japan, even though I understand that the interview wasn't even gonna get released in Asia, Japan is only a few hundred miles away from North Korea and they have very tense relations already with nuclear tests going off. I mean, I guess my question ultimately is, does an American's right to expression extend to (laughs) their, their product being owned by another country and other countries possibly bearing the brunt of we need to express ourselves artistically. Yeah, I think there's a ton of complex issues yeah. with this particular really is, thing. Yeah. I mean, number one, we don't even know what was said, you know, mm-hmm. like we've seen all the yeah. emails leading up to it as a result of the hack, but we don't know what was said to m- actually make this, you know, to force it to stop. So Sony came out and they basically said, you know, theater or theater owners, you can make the decision or theater chains, you can make the decision whether you're going to air it or not or you're going to screen it or not. And you know, largely they came back and said we don't 
have confidence, even though the feds have kind of said, we think this is a low risk. The, but the feds, the feds were talking about we threats to America. Right, right. right. Well, well, I mean, I, I don't even want, I, like the foreign thing is, is uh, what I'm getting to right now. You don't know what, where that message came from. It's not necessarily coming from America. It could have been mm. a, something that came down from Japan. Japan very, very rarely gets involved. You mean involved. the message to pull the movie? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Japan rarely gets involved with Sony Pictures. It's, you know, like, it, it's pretty laissez-faire. But when they do, it's always for something that's big. And, you know, you don't think, I mean, you, you got to think that everybody was on board for this decision. Yeah. Like, this is yeah. a world-changing decision. And, you know, it does feel like people are getting bullied by, you know, terrorist tactics, but... There's a lot of things to consider, including the safety of people. I think that this is how the layers and just how intricate and complicated the situation is hasn't even really fully hit us yet because it's so unprecedented. Yeah. We, as an organization, have talked a lot about how we're going to handle things like the leaks about information yeah. about upcoming movies and things like that. That is not anything we've ever had to face or contend with before and not wrestle extent, with in terms yeah. of what is an integrity, what is not, what's legally in bounds and what is not. And yeah. I think we've handled it well, but every organization is sort of dealing with that and I think some have not handled it well, frankly, because ultimately even if an email Does comes out... Does it rhyme out, with hawker? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that even if an... Uh, uh, a series of emails, not just them, many yeah. organizations, a series of emails show people to be kind of jerks. Mm -hmm. That is a total invasion of their privacy. Yeah. It's illegal. They were private emails. I mean, it's just a yeah. very complicated issue. But swinging back to this, do, the, the parent corporation in Japan could have been the one to make the call. As far as we know, it could have been the U.S. government that finally said, we don't need an international incident over a Seth Rogen movie. You need to pull the plug on this movie right now. Yeah. And end this and stop this insanity because no matter what, and, and I think it is very complicated because I do not like the idea of hackers being able to bully their way into getting what they want because that's a horrible precedent to set. I mean, they set. did win yesterday. It's a horrible precedent to set, and that is... That is very problematic, not just for Hollywood, but for every organization. For the games industry too, maybe. You for know, the games yeah. industry, for every, yeah. for any conceivable organization that can be hacked, this is now a very big problem, and it's already starting to have an effect. Things yeah. like Carell's movie. However. Yeah, uh, just to, in case you guys don't know, Steve Carell and Gore Verbinski had a a movie set in uh, North Korea called um, uh, uh, Pyongyang. Pyongyang. Uh, sorry, blanked on it. Um, and that has now been canceled right. as a result of everything right. going on. This, there's, I don't think there's any single easy answer to any of this, and I certainly understand passionate feelings on all sides of the equation. For me personally, not a single human life anywhere on the planet is worth risking. It's an emotional issue beyond anything, right? I'm sorry yeah. to cut you off. It's an emotional issue. Damn it, isn't anybody willing to die for James <laughs> Franco? <laughs> but, that's, but, but beyond that, like I do think that there's, there's something really, you know, I mean, there's definitely clearly something fundamentally American about right to free speech. And since this is like, hey, this is being curtailed as, as the, you know, sort of, I, I saw a lot of people quoting yesterday, we don't negotiate with terrorists, but we'll, you know, listen to their demands. You know, I, I think it's just, it's just so, you know, you, you nailed it. It's, it's not a simple, it's not a simple thing. Yeah. And we don't even, I don't think we even have all the information. I don't think we're gonna get all the information. If the government was truly the one to say, hey, pull the plug on this, we'll never know that, or we won't know yeah. that for like 50 years. Yeah, I mean, the thing years. is too, there's also, um, it, it's not just 
Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, Franco, everybody mm -hmm. involved with the making of the interview um, who, who have lost something in this, um, and I do feel for them they, that this is their movie. Yeah. Uh, but there were also thousands of employees at Sony, people who did nothing except go to work, mm -hmm. yeah. who have now had their identity stolen, credit card information, like their lives, day-to-day -day lives are impacted. Going for a car loan now is going to be a nightmare. Friends Anything. of ours. And yeah, friends yeah. of ours. And it's like, is <laughs> do their lives really have to be overturned like this just so Seth Rogen can have a movie that was well, tracking to well, open a twenty-five uh, okay, million? And I'm okay, just playing devil's okay, advocate but, but, on that but one. But I think to I think it's unfair to say. I truly think it's unfair to say that Sony should have been able to predict something that has never happened before. Nothing on this scale has ever they, happened before. They they. They did know that there was that this was definitely going to cause an incident. the 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 war drums have been beating on this one for over a year. They have, but yeah, but I don't think any. I think people just thought it was saber rattling, I, and I, then it I, actually happened. If you look at a series, this is my big concern. Look, there's there's been we've talked about this a lot. There have been films that went after high profile political figures for forever. The most recent and, and most prominent ones that I can think of is Team America, which has also now been pulled from yeah, theaters. South the Park. South yep. Park, bigger, yeah. longer, and uncut. Maybe there's something about animated figures that makes it more palatable. I'm not sure, but they couldn't have known that it would go this far. Did they know they were doing something risky? Yes. But my, my concern is that think about how many movies come out that people boycott and protest every year. Mm -hmm. yep. Now, if everyone just gets get really good at hacking, yeah. does that eventually mean that they're... I mean, yeah. is it, you said yeah, this earlier, does it, stop? does it become society is its own big brother? It's already there, I mean, to some yeah. extent. But I think... Don't we already self-police ourselves and yeah. everything we say? I think, this is a, I think this is a different kind of warfare, and it's a warfare on culture, and, and sort of like disparate cultures that have different uh, beliefs. Like, you may see this more because it's an effective way to get at something, you know, like... Sony is reeling right now. They are not sitting, you know, they're, they're, they're probably not planning their holiday parties right now. They're in full crisis mode mm -hmm. yeah. and probably will be for quite some time. And that's, If they recover. If, yeah, I mean, I, th I think, I think they'll be okay ultimately, but like, I think this is definitely unprecedented, one of the biggest things we've ever seen. And now everybody in the world knows it's a tool they can use. And mm -hmm. that's what's scary to me is that like, wow, if hacking is the next frontier of... Uh, of warfare, there's a lot of scary things that could be revealed. You know, think about like, um, well, think about any email that you send. Transportation systems. Period. Yeah. Like, you don't want every email you've ever sent to be bubbled nope. up. But not only that, <laughs> think about like if if if, if, if <laughs> well, think look. about your email. <laughs> no, like in the in the like government email stuff like that. Like, mm -hmm. admittedly, Sony is supposed to be having some, had some security issues, but. Mm -hmm. Who knows? I mean, there's holes everywhere. You know, well, if, I mean, if a hacker's talented, they get in. We, we've already seen that happen, certainly, with, like, Julian Assange, you know, and, yep. and yep. Snowden. We've already seen sort of government hacks, government-level hacks. And, and, and this <laughs> Interesting is... Interesting to bring that up. I'll, I'll let you finish. Well, this is, a, this is obviously a, a private sector hack, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And it, it does very much concern me that decisions about... A, a corporation's goals, what they're willing to release, what they're willing to say, is now being controlled 
by an organization outside of them. Yeah, at like the criminals. Same, yeah. by criminals, and 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 at the and it is really scary. I agree with you. Yeah. Like it is really really scary to think about getting hacked yourself. And I understand wanting to protect yourself. Yeah. So there, whatever. There's just no simple answer to any of this. Yeah. Except we need better protections. Yeah, I feel like it, the, the, one of the yeah. big oversimplifications I saw yesterday was just, just, just keep saying that it's it's you know art losing out. It did, but there's a really huge reason why it lost that yeah. particular argument, and I feel like people need to. I guess the point of uh, my bringing this up is really more like, in a weird way, it should make us think about the effect that art, particularly stuff that we make in America, can have on other countries. And does our right to express ourselves trump the right of people in Japan to go to the movies without worrying about getting shot for something that, or blown up for something they didn't have anything to do with? It also know? does a lot to showcase the power of art. Like, mm -hmm. this yeah. is something that has now moved a lot of things in the world and and you know we've been talking about it for weeks already and and will continue to i think this is like the beginning of something or the end of something you know mm. i will say that that i certainly understand you know if i put myself in the position of thinking about if that was my president if that was my leader being depicted this way in this manner and we don't want to say this, you know it's well, there was a movie a couple of years ago, Death of a President, yeah. where it was a fictitious thing about the assassination of George Bush, right. and it was right during the height of uh, the the sort of the backlash against the wars and everything. And that movie caught a lot of flack. Which and 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 again, understandably so. That yes. was a drama. I will yeah. say though that that was a more that was a dramatic movie. I mean, there was no. It was. I'm it not. Was I, I, I'm not yeah. excusing it. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying that that. That the subject they t chose to tackle in the interview wasn't inherently offensive to a large majority of people, right. you yeah. know. But it could have been offensive, though, to people of North Korea being kind of—I I don't know. I just feel like the overall the the approach to the movie, and I guess the, the point I'm getting at is this is this is ultimately, you know, um, a movie that was. Trying to, I'm having trouble finding the words, but basically, you, they didn't seem to think of the consequences that this could have on people who are not Americans. I think they who didn't are think not, about that. You know, I mean, there's also there's a racial component to it too, because this is a movie made by white people starring white people that affects Asian lives. Right. You know? There's mean, a whole other component to that too. You know? Having seen the movie, and this is something that I pointed out in my review as well, though I will say this: yes, it is inherently offensive. They are inherently offensive. Look at any movie that they make. They are inherently offensive <laughs> Freedom of speech is guys. meant to be offensive and you have but, to but live with it, yeah. The, or at least the, a choice to be the offensive. The role, yes. like, like, and I hate to do this, but I'm about to do ago. this. Like, <laughs> yeah. if you look at Shakespeare, <laughs> mm -hmm. the yeah. role of the royal fool, fool is to be the truth teller. It's to be yeah. the person, that's what comedians do. Right. They are able to see the things that are hard to hear that are also true because they're couched in humor. And so, Am I saying that the interview necessarily did that? Not not necessarily, but 
it goes after the media, it goes after Ameri the mm -hmm. U.S. government, and it goes after Yeah, Korea. nobody quite looks good in nobody the movie. Looks Everyone kind of comes off bad. Everybody's an idiot. Everybody's an idiot Not in this that puppy. Movie. There's Except an adorable the puppy, puppy in Act 3. You will never that see is, the adorable puppy. Oh, my God. That is it's, the best puppy I've ever seen. On that puppy better... I would have said it should have gotten an Oscar, but it's never going to happen. It's the best puppy acting I've ever seen. It rivals... The inside Lewis Davis, inside <laughs> Lewis Davis cat acting. Um, better than but old I, Yeller. But, but yes, I think you're right. It's again, there's no easy answer because yes, yes, it is those things and it is offensive and it sh you need to think about the effects of what you're doing We're as so, a creator. Yeah. But at the same time, it that is comedy's role to some degree. We also though live in a time when cartoonists are being killed yeah. for yeah. for writing cartoons that. Uh, a huge swath of the world's population finds offensive and is against their rules. And comedians in the Middle East are being killed for exactly doing that, playing the fool, making fun of the leader. I believe it was in Syria it happened. Mm -hmm. So we are living in a time when, hey, it's just a joke, doesn't save your life. Well, it's it, it shows that art is uh, po shows power for change yeah. because people are afraid of it. But it also is like, it's this particular thing is kind of like a holy man, you know, <laughs> especially for the U.S., we can make something that, you know, is really going to have yeah. global ramifications. And I, I don't buy that they didn't know what they had because Rogan had said several times, like, this is going to start some stuff. Yeah, they, they, they knew. I think they I really just, just didn't. Disagree. I think they disagree. thought it would be, I mean, the, 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 the closest sort of backlash that I can think of never got to this level, but like, uh, Last Temptation of Christ was mm -hmm. hugely controversial oh, yeah. at that time. I remember that well. And Passion of the Christ, obviously. Uh, and uh, in at least in Passion's case, it was it came out at a time when there were still indie studios that were edgy enough to take on a movie like that. We don't have a new market anymore. Mm -hmm. And 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 Goldman and I talked about this in our conversation about how ultimately maybe the only way this is going to get a theatrical release is if a small distributor like an A24, an open road, or roadside attractions, somebody who doesn't have some huge infrastructure and thus less to lose, this could be a boon for them. And Sony can be like, at least it got out there, you know? I'm going to contend it's not for sale. Yeah, I don't think it's Do you think this is going to be like that Jerry Lewis movie that basically sits in a vault yeah, for, yeah. for years? I don't think it's Song for sale, but I don't think it's going to sit in a vault. I think it's going to, I leak. think it'll leak. And, yeah. I mean, think about it. There were, there were already uh, Academy screeners yep. of it out there, so that, there are pristine some, qualities. Uh, someone will leak this movie, and it will be one of the most, if not the most, downloaded that movie man will, ever. His name Ruth Sogan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, somebody's definitely going to leak the movie. I mean, that's that's where I mean the irony. I think is ultimately that gonna piracy be can beat that, hacking. That that's, piracy, that's friggin' amazing. Yeah, I think the piracy ultimate, is the hero. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the pirates will win. You <laughs> yeah. know, like I think ultimately what's going to be ironic is that the whole goal was to stop people from seeing it ostensibly speaking we actually now more people we actually than ever don't want to definitively see this know that that's even true yet like we don't know that for and there are clearly but, inside people helping yeah, them there's but, you know but ostensibly yeah. speaking the whole goal is to stop people from seeing this film and probably eventually more people will see this film than yeah. ever would have otherwise yeah, yeah. Yep. um one last thing uh, i do want to um say about it is that uh is just gone right the hell out Alamo of my Draft head. Alamo Drafthouse? Um, yeah, well, yeah, uh, Alamo Drafthouse was willing to show, uh, they were willing to show the movie until it got pulled. They also were going to show Team America, 
Uh, now that has been pulled, so because it's like you can't even have them to right. It's like it. now you can't even have your protest backup movie. <laughs> and it's like at this point, uh, it's it's down to the great dictator or, or no, no Action Jackson. Yeah. Action, action Jackson. Just because it's, <laughs> just because you should go see Action Jackson. My my concern is that, and I think you guys probably touched on this. Ultimately, is 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 that we get very watered down, very safe. That was the point I wanted um, to say. Thank you for bringing it back. Yes. From from now on and. Unlike and that the really, yeah. I, I agree from the Whoops. studio from the t- studio Sorry. perspective, I do think it's gonna make people in boardrooms take a pause and say, How do we want to portray this thing? On the flip side, maybe people will be pissed off enough about the free speech thing that they come out even harder on the indie side. That everything is self made these days. And, you know, I, I, I think I think there are gonna be a lot of people who are like, Hey, this was a huge, you know, slap to the face of free speech and People might take it upon themselves to make their own things that are... That I, I think so, but we're talking about also if studios, the foreign markets are becoming more and more, movies are being made more and more for them, and they were already, you know, breaking it down to the most simple, uh, spectacular kind of elements of like giant robots fighting, you know, it's just it's about It's like that spectacle. moment in, in Birdman, I don't know if you, you've have you seen, seen it yet. yet? So there's a moment in Birdman yeah. that just creates the perfect, the ridiculous Hollywood moment, and it's... Yeah. And it is glorious. It is it pretty is much like their uh, <laughs> middle finger tribute to Michael Bay in one long shot. But but I, I do think that this will have, we already saw it with like Transformers Age of Extinction, this kind of kowtowing to foreign markets in the very like heavy handed and really shoehorned in way that you could see it in that movie with the, the, the scene set in Hong Kong. Um, I think we're going to see even more of that and you're going to see I think Hollywood's going to become even more risk adverse, and they were already real wussies about that stuff. Yeah, like well, you're going to see more giant robots, more like uh, supernatural creatures and stuff like that, and and superheroes, you know, which is we're already getting that. So you know, I think the it's we've been going towards, and it's been this way for a while, where the risky thing is TV these days. Yeah, and I think it'll stay that way, and probably get I was even just about to say that. probably get even more disparate in yeah. that way, and and. You know what? I'm fine with that. I don't actually mind that much going to the movies to see like the big like yeah. things, and then staying home and watching the more personal things. Because people like HBO and Netflix and and Amazon are now releasing movies, and they could remove re- release movies like this and probably not have nearly the craziness that, of this. That's true. I mean, I it's funny because we were joking early at lunch. You know, wouldn't it be great if South Park had a new episode coming out? Right, yeah. You know, they would just go right at it. Um, I'm surprised they don't come out of like the season out, yeah. and be like, we're doing one we're more. Doing one yeah. more kids. <laughs> Get the band back together. <laughs> we're doing one for Rogan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's just, I do think that. I do think you'll see it more on television. But at the same time, speaking of South Park, there was a threat against Viacom yeah, um, because of a South Park episode yeah. a couple years ago, two years ago. Yeah. I mean, it. also, there's a whole, and none of these companies want to be on the hook for lawsuits if something happens. Yes. People still went to the movies after the Aurora shootings, but there were a lot of lawsuits, and there were a lot of um, there was a lot of fallout from that. And that was yeah. just one nut. What yeah. if it was an organized effort? Imagine five five guys with guns or vests, whatever, walking to theaters all across the country, Muncie, Indiana, you know, yeah. Topeka, Florida, somewhere. I mean. You know, not, you're not going to go into Manhattan or LA where the theaters are going to be loaded with cops expecting something. That would cripple the industry, and it, sure. and it would scare people off of going. Well, you know? yeah. n- number one, there's a financial impact, but 
I think we have to remember that people who run studios are also people. They don't want people to get hurt either. You yeah. know, yeah. like ultimately, you know, a lot of people are cynical about it. it. Comes down to dollars and cents, and it does. They're running a business, but yeah. nobody wants to be responsible for human lives no. being lost either. Yeah. So I think there's a human element that we also don't think about. Like I'm pretty sure that people at Sony were like stressed out that. People could die because of the decisions they Well, there's they made. an argument, yeah. though, that psychologists have that many CEOs are actually fun high functioning sociopaths. <laughs> that aside, <laughs> well, well, I the think fact that, that there's stocks probably, did dwindle. There, you know? There's probably a lot of people, of course, if you were in that position, would you want to take the risk of one single person getting killed over this? No. I put myself in the shoes of the person making that call, and I ultimately I was like, even in minor ways, I wouldn't want to like expose anybody that I work with to. Yeah work with or like any of our readers or viewers or anything yeah. like that. Except I wouldn't want to ex you. I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't want to expose anybody to any sort of threat of violence yeah. or actual violence. Yeah. So um, it, it comes down to the human level too. I mean this is a larger discussion for later, but what it's got me thinking about really is like we were talking about this is that my concern too is that any given issue there seems to be such an extreme reaction to these days. Mm -hmm. I mean if you Anything, Anything seems to provoke a level of ire and anger that is completely... And, and a I'm black not, or white response. And, and it is either this or it is either right, that. There's my, no room for nuance. And that's kind of my concern in general is that as, as a global culture, we head more and more in that direction. So how do you respond to that? How do you have dialogue in that? Like, if, Why must the door be closed on anything that is upsetting to you? You know what I mean? Well, and I saw a lot of people evoking 9-11 as some sort of trump card to end the argument yesterday. Like, you know, we didn't stop doing this or that after 9-11. I'm like, we actually, uh, we didn't handle 9-11 too well. I don't know why we've somehow retroactively rewritten history that we handled it like we yeah. were the greatest generation. A lot of stuff went wrong, you know. Yeah. But I think we're getting a little far afield of the overall sure. topic. Right. Yeah, I mean, and this is a very long segment, and we're going to be talking simple, about this. Not simple, I think, was how not we simple. It off. And basically, the the whole point of this was to say that there's a lot more here than just freedom of speech and just artistic expression. Even though it certainly took a real, you know, the the inter there was there was a fatality yesterday at the intersection of art and commerce. Yeah, and there's a, there there's certainly understandably heated, passionate feelings mm -hmm. all over this thing, yeah. you know? Well, we're going to be talking about the interview a lot more uh, in the, the days, weeks, and possibly even years ahead. Um, so, moving on, though, to a different element of the, um, of the Sony uh, situation of the hack. Um, you know, there was also a lot of uh, just information coming out about information coming out about the, uh, the Spider-Man franchise and the state right. of it. And one it seems like a given is that Andrew Garfield is out of a job. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and there are a couple of interesting things about this that go back to our earlier discussion about being owned by a Japanese country, uh, a company, is that he, according to some of these emails, he stood up at the last minute meeting the boss of Sony. Huge no-no. Yeah. Very insulting in that in that culture, and just insulting. Period. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was one big strike against him. And then when he was doing press for Amazing Spider-Man Two, he did say a lot of critical things about how this the studio handled he, the movie. He was really openly critical yeah. of yeah. Sony's so, seeming interference in the script and the production of that film. So I'm not surprised if Andrew Garfield. I'm sad yeah. because I think he's I think a really he's a good great actor. Spider. I love him. Um, yeah. But I'm not surprised that they would be. Complete with that. I, I think honestly, it's it's partially that, and it's partially that if 
all these things are true and they move forward and Marvel does have Spider-Man in their movies, it won't be him because they need it can't too be, much baggage. It can't be him. Right. Yeah. You know, like you're not going to tie the new Spidey yeah. and the Marvel franchise to these movies that didn't, yeah. that Marvel doesn't love. You know, like I'm, I'm, I don't think they've ever gone on record to say this, but that is not how Marvel would have done Sony. And they, they've they've gone close not have been enough. Spidey, I say. They've gone close enough to saying that. You know what yeah. I mean? They've sort of said that without saying that. And I mean, another we were talking about this earlier. Another odd result of this debacle with the interview may be that it forces Sony's hands. Well, and, think about and it. They if have they're to losing give, that much money, they have to sell Spider-Man back. You know, well, that's and that's when we. It's not know, a foregone conclusion, but if it happens, no, at least it'll be a factor. Out. Like yeah. they're, they're, I, I, I really think it, yeah. the deal is back on the table. I don't have much to go on except for some of these emails. I mean, look, we know as much as anybody else who's seen that information. But I do think, like at this point, you need to you need to start cutting losses at a lot of places they cut it by they've already started by dropping the interview i think now they, you look at spidey and you're like okay how can we uh, have a guaranteed paycheck every couple of license years? that character yeah. yeah because marvel's desperate for that character well not with that but marvel like marvel will have a field day with think that. about the split like even if you get like let's say 40% on something that makes a billion dollars it's 40% of a lot it's 40% of more than you were making off yeah. amazing spider and that's exactly my point yeah. is like <laughs> they're going to do it better yeah. they and 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 if they license that character that movie character they make profit off of the toys, mm-hmm. the oh, deals, yeah. all that other stuff. Oh, so yeah. you're, you, let's say let's say it's a billion dollars because I think it would be a billion oh, dollars. Yeah. The Spidey handled by Marvel. Yes. Um, Spidey's and and all this other stuff is like Spidey. Which is, is the goal that the, Sony always movies. wanted to get to, and they couldn't. Right. Yeah. I think they with, will with get this there. Iteration, I don't know if it's going to be that split, but I think they'll get there, and I think they'll benefit more ultimately from having the property handled by Marvel uh-huh. and just be like, oh sweet, now we have this awesome licensing deal. For something that you know we were savvy enough to get a long time ago, and you yeah, know, we're and, still benefiting from it. I mean, I think it, everything that's going on with them, with all of the things they're going to be trying to recover from, and the other franchises that they haven't played, that there are leaks out there. There's leaks out about their biggest franchises right now. You know that they are. We're going to move forward with twenty two, the Jump Street franchise. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Men in Black, all of those. Ghostbusters. Are, that's, Ghostbusters. That's, that's an amazing though uh, crossover thing. Though. But, but but we can talk about that in a second. I think that's a, almost. But, a, but a, those a, are some of the reasons I don't think they're in total trouble because yeah. I think they do have some really bankable franchises yeah. out there. I just think Spidey's in trouble, and it's a quick infusion. Of not a lot only of cash, but goodwill. As and well. also, too, remember they kind of—it's not like they totally lost him, but Adam Sandler, who has been their bankable guy, mm-hmm. just signed that big deal with Netflix. Right. Yeah. He still has obligations to Sony, but clearly he saw like, oh, here's a better deal for me. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, so, I, I do think I truly believe that 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 a call is going to be made to license out this character. That at this, yeah. at, look, look, let's just move on. Let's make some money. Let's take this problem off our plates, too, because it's a really big problem. Every idea that we had for it is now out there and mm-hmm. being critiqued heavily yeah. by yeah. persons such as us. Who would do that? You know? <laughs> and, like, and, and I think it just removes a big problem and it is a guaranteed paycheck. If There's that happens, not, no though, way they're, they're not making money. If that happens, though, if that truly happens, he's going to be in... Uh, cap is and, there time you think you know, Marvel Wars, will all that stuff. like even though they just announced their Phase Three slate, and and they're making like three movies a year, they will make four movies <laughs> a year. <laughs> they, we're not going to have to wait till twenty twenty one for a right. Spidey movie. Like 
his web slinging ass is going to be on screen <laughs> like pronto. Okay, <laughs> he will be out there before and you're it, finished with your lunch. And, yeah. and it won't be and it won't be Andrew Garfield. And it will no. not be. Poor do you Andrew think Garfield. they'll go with uh, Miles Morales? Maybe be interesting. Be, could be, and I think that would be a good direction yeah. actually for them at this point because. Um, it's a fresh start. It's a fresh like idea, mm -hmm. yeah. um, and it doesn't mean Peter Parker doesn't exist. Maybe we just haven't met, met this him, new yeah. Peter Parker yeah. yet. You know? Well, and, I, it, I'm and it gets them away. Yeah, it gets them away from having to deal with the same tread upon material mm -hmm. over and over. It just gets them out of a lot of problems to have it be a new kid. I'm interested to see what then happens. I mean, we, I think we know what happens then to Sinister Six and Venom Carnage and all that stuff. All gone if yeah. if this deal happens. It'll it'll be reworked. They'll have to figure out what that means. They have to figure out what characters are going along with Spidey mm -hmm. if it's everything yeah. or if it's just... You can't just license Spidey yeah. if he has no one to fight. Uh, yeah. Although he could go back to fighting Kingpin, which yeah. you know he did in True. the comics. But you're going to need something, something bigger. I mean, you're, that you're, rogues you know. gallery is so massive. Yeah. So Sony will still have so much to bargain with, you know. Yeah. Um, and Finally how, get that solo Vulture movie yeah. we've all been wanting. You know what's the amazing thing about Spider-Man? <laughs> amazing thing <laughs> about Spider-Man? Anyway, um, they, Spectacular. They, <laughs> it's, it is. Um, <laughs> he, he is the, the perfect, perfect um, sort of joiner between the world of the Avengers and the street level characters that yeah. they have for their oh, Netflix God, yeah. deal. That's true. So like he, you know, operates in the in the like sort of Manhattan scene. Yeah. And then he's also like more sort of with the guys. Sp I mean, fighting I feel that's like, where he really I feel is. Like that glue get, for the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. yeah if, like if they get Spidey, that that becomes the linchpin, and it also gets them away from the Iron Man problem of. Downey having demanding. He's the only one that we can keep. Yeah, on, Downey yeah. demanding like, and understandably so, like a lot more money than anyone else because he's kind of been the linchpin, you know. Yeah. Um, character that they get Spidey back and suddenly that that problem is solved for Marvel too. Yeah. Um, I think it's really not that we don't still back. love Downey. There's <laughs> a you know there was some uh, you you brought up uh, Sinister Six and there were some rumors that if they did it. The story would be Spidey having to team up with the Sinister Six to stop a bigger threat, either Venom or Carnage. Hmm. And uh, that Ryan Gosling was being looked at for a role in it. And I would imagine probably as Eddie Brock or something. Yeah. yeah. Or Cletus Cassidy, He'd right? Be, that's a, he, that's, would be, he would, that he would, would be, be pretty really cool. cool. Um, but that's, but the, yeah. yeah. But like whoever, you know, Venom would basically, like Spidey would be wearing the black suit and uh, get taunted about it, so he'd throw it out, and whoever finds it becomes Venom, which, that's really lame. Yeah, I don't like you know. that. But, all right, um, I want to move on, though, <laughs> from... fall in an inkwell? <laughs> no. <laughs> nice suit, What's fella. What's this thing? <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> I want to I move on from, from Spider-Man now, though, to some of the other uh, stuff from the, the Sony situation. Uh, Super Mario Brothers... Uh, Avi Arad, the producer of the Spider-Man movies, uh, and a whole string of emails where he's in negotiations with Nintendo to uh, to do an animated Super Mario Brothers movie. Now, Joshua and I did a whole conversation about why animation is really the only way to go with this. That yeah. the live-action movie has just too much baggage. Yep. You can't you can't do that yet. Um, so my shouldn't. my question is really more one of. Um, the fact that Sony has PlayStation and this is a Nintendo property, and you know we're primarily a video game company. Um, what? How do we you? We cover what? all entertainment. We do cover all entertainment. <laughs> I am the movies fella, <laughs> but I'm just saying that you know, 
hey, wow, isn't that kind of a little, that's a little odd, right? It'd be like Warner Brothers wanting to do a Marvel movie. Well, funny you should say that because I was going to bring up Warner Brothers as an example, funny. you know. Um, on Why TV, the Warner Brothers will produce all kinds of stuff for Fox, you know. True. It's going to air on Fox yeah. and Warner Brothers made it. Fox doing uh, Gotham. Yeah, so like, I, I don't think the precedent is, is, is necessarily not, I mean, it's there. There's, there's definitely like things that happen like that. It's weird because they both have consoles and everybody views this console war as a thing. But uh, Super Mario Brothers is universal, you know, Mario iconic. So I think what they're thinking with this is you've made some really successful animated things out of, thi out of um, you know, things like Lego. You know, things mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe didn't they feel like Sony a great fit at first. They also has the Angry Birds movie coming up yeah. too and maybe... They've seen some of that and be like, okay, well, if they're treating that well. Yeah, and I mean, they've got like Lord and Miller, and that seems they're seem, they seem to be on every single pitch that there the, is. They are the secret rest ingredient. Yeah, they're the special sauce for yeah. Sony, and so like if you threw What's them that stuff at, that Subway has the sriracha. Oh um, yeah, so they're the, the sriracha, sriracha mayo. Yeah. <laughs> they give it a little zing. But what I'm saying is, they, you know, I, I could see them immediately attached to this project, yeah. and then if it if it did, if that's the carrot that. Arad was dangling in front of Nintendo. I think Nintendo would sit up and take notice because that's something where you could see this, my <laughs> you could see you could see the thinking being like, oh yeah, this is going to be a thing of quality. Uh -huh. You know, we're going to put it in a place that actually ups our brand. Well, right. one so name that they mentioned good. was uh, 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 Jenny Tartakovsky. I can't oh yeah, yeah, he'd be um, awesome. Uh, Amy Pascal, the yeah. the boss of Sony, Love that. mentioned him like he'd be perfect for this. And of course, his camp when this all leaked came back and like he's not he's not involved. But I think, I mean, he'd be great. And also, um, with Sony that. Pictures Animation. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Right. Hotel Transylvania? Yeah. yeah. I mean, have He's you seen got it? Popeye coming up for them. And if he can make Popeye a hit, then, you know. It's, have you guys seen uh, Hotel Transylvania? I have not. I had zero interest in that movie. Um, like I just kind of ended up watching it, and I loved it. It was so good. On That's what plane. I keep at. I, I oh, you watched it on a plane? Yeah, it was really good. And so, like, and I think fact, he'd be perfect for that. And in fact, we gave it a, a pretty big thumbs up review yeah, I for sure. yeah I feel like there there's there's several options to to do that movie well and and in their again in their favor Sony has taken things that shouldn't work mm -hmm. um, films that ideas that shouldn't work and they work great and they yep. work beautifully um, so I feel like it it doesn't it only helps Nintendo ultimately yeah. to have a massive movie hit. And also with Sony Pictures Animation doing property. it you know in the in the Smurfs franchise kind of being that is not an example of one. Well, this worked. is then here is here's <laughs> here's something now like here's your money in the bank franchise. Here's your uh, why am I now suddenly drawing a blank on an animation franchise? My God, uh, here's your your money printing machine. Yeah, and and here's we're your despicable already, me. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We're already we're already used to seeing Mario in animated form. It's not going to be like some jarring transition. So I think it, it really does make a lot of sense. Why does everybody hate on Luigi? You're only mentioning Mario. I'm just curious. Who do you think uh, should should voice these characters? They seem to always get stars now to voice characters, which is a whole other. Probably debate. this guy. You, you? Here, I'll do it. It's -a me, Mario. <laughs> right? You think Call John, John Tutoro? In there somewhere. <laughs> it's -a me, John Tutoro. Oh, that's going to be your oh, new wait. thing. Your Spectre theme song is already. <laughs> Uh, thank you to the, the person who put that on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. exactly. It was good stuff. G give the people a little taste of the Spectre thing. Spectre! Everybody, Spectre! <laughs> uh, now I'm going to look at the camera every time I say, oh, the, 
Yeah, yeah for the for the video <laughs> viewers out there. But um, I would say, uh, yeah, I I think the, the one thing that you know to get way back to your original point, I think one thing is that Nintendo is finally sort of looking at extending its thing outside of just mm -hmm. Nintendo properties, and I think like. They have licensed their characters out to other video game makers. Um, you know, there's that Dynasty Warriors-like game that involves uh, the characters from Legend of Zelda. Um, so it's Hyrule Warriors, I think is the name of it. And um, you know, so games like that, they're already showing that they can like lend their characters out. I think they just felt super, super burned by that live-action Super Mario Brothers movie, and, and rightfully so. so. I mean, Way to hold bad. a grudge yeah. show for twenty-something years. No, I mean, I, but it I, happens. I, I think <laughs> it does, and I see it. I'm reminded every day I go to the the. Not, I don't go to the supermarket every day. But oh yeah, you do. When I go there. It's always Super Mario Brothers the movie is still on the shelf for like the five dollar thing. I'm like, it won't go away. It's like that and Howard the Duck are right next to you each other. You should just buy them I both like, and take them down off the wall. <laughs> I feel like if you have a brand like that, that you want to be protective of it. And if oh, you've yeah. seen it already go horribly awry, you don't mm -hmm. want it to do so again. But if it's done well, it's only going to benefit you. Yeah, look at how protective uh, Microsoft has been of Halo. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. The, the fact that that's not in, in, in like an actual movie theater yet is yeah. kind of crazy to me. But they want to do it right when they finally do it. So like, I'm I'm cool with it. But if it goes ahead with Sony, I'm actually confident that they'll do a good job with it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I want to one uh, other topic related to this uh, the the Sony situation. Uh, Ghostbusters and Paul Feig uh, is you know of course doing the the um, uh, female led reboot of of Ghostbusters. And according to correspondences with the studio, he uh, it is a complete reboot. And this is a world where Humans uh, don't even know, like you know, that the ghosts are out there doing this. Where stuff, humans right? don't know where well, the ghosts. Here's are. the thing: the Ghostbusters are now going to be like government operatives, like they're going to work for yeah. a government agency. And his idea is to have Cecily Strong from Saturday Night Live be sort of like the government uh, liaison She's with them, awesome. uh, and she so she would have to go out there and like. Do the, uh, the so it's like Men in Black meets Ghostbusters. It sounds kind of like that. Bit. And then, well, here's here's a shocker so for you. The villain he wants uh, Peter Dinklage for the villain who would be a convicted uh, murderer whose execution goes awry when it gets struck by lightning and oh, comes back from the dead. You and weren't lying about the shocker. Yeah. No, it's shocker. It's the Wes, Wes Craven movie, shocker. You were yeah. like, here's the shocker, and then I, it is I, shocker. I was and it is doing the pun. Shocker. I was, I was <laughs> Mr. Pun again. And and that the villain, the ghost villain, then um, goes like night at the museum style thing and brings in an army of other dead villains. I gotta say this. Um, <laughs> I don't want... With your references, you are not selling this. <laughs> I'm but, not, um, what I'm saying, people, is uh, that there's a reason why Paul Feig hasn't called me. But, to, but Paul Feig... <laughs> but I, I have such a confidence in this guy. I do, too. I, do and too. I, I like Paul Feig a lot. Um, he Obviously, he and Judd Apatow... Uh, yeah. He created Freaks and Geeks, and then Judd Apatow came in. And he did Bridesmaids. He was the show, and showrunner. He did Bridesmaids. I think he... He did the Heat, which I wasn't a fan of. In any event. Even though it was set I, in Boston, I should have loved it, right? I didn't. Well, I, not so. everything's set in Boston, you know. You I didn't like love. Boondock Saints. I'll say it. I, I didn't either. Anyways. In any event. <laughs> <laughs> tabling Boston for the next five minutes. At least. Um, it's tough because I feel like a lot of these, you know, we're seeing things that are that are 
you're supposed to be able to have bad ideas too as you're yeah. developing something no, to get to the gold. Nobody um, wants to see my notebooks you know, full of bad ideas. Like, <laughs> it's tough because we're judging things based on things that haven't happened. This movie is going to change. Uh, yeah. Imagine a like lot. all the spitball sessions <laughs> you know? we have, some of which are just on this podcast. Right, where we, we pitch like goofy ideas for things all the time, that there's a kernel of a good idea in there, but extrapolate it out, it's horrible. Yeah, you know? so, <laughs> like, so I think it's easy to just look at this and go like, this is a disaster, they're gonna ruin this franchise, yeah. things like that. And then you, you see other things like Channing Tatum pitching, oh. <laughs> pitching himself, and um, He's Chris the best. Yeah, Chris I want Channing Tatum to write every I email ever to, sent. His stuff is hilarious. I want to write all my emails. He's the spirit, he's like, his, his email is like, just everything is awesome so in text fun. form. I will say that if there's one human that won this hack, it is Chan. <laughs> oh yeah, Chan. for sure. He his won his the stock hack. was already up, and people <laughs> yeah. are like, "This guy's this awesome." Guy's and, and he was pitching kind of the him. idea of doing like a, a separate Ghostbusters <laughs> thing, where it's like him and Chris Pratt yeah. and Ryan Gosling. Going back to the Sinister Six thing, also was kind of campaigning for the the male lead in the of female that, Ghostbusters. Yeah movie. Yeah. So, I mean, look, uh, it that just says I, that a lot of people love Ghostbusters and want it. I, I yeah. will say that a Ghostbusters featuring Chris Pratt and Channing Tatum is a Ghostbusters I can get by. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. I, I will see, totally I will see that. that Ghostbusters, I don't know, you know, get Charlie Day Well, these guys are finally going to be in, like, the Ghostbusters won't have to do the whole suck in your gut joke because <laughs> they're all going to have six-pack abs. I got, uh, I got one last thing to say about this, probably a larger conversation, okay. but uh, I... It's so, uh, I, this idea that an idea has to be fully formed and that you have to have a whole story in your mind and you have to know exactly where a project is going or it's not pure, or it's not right. Like I hear that from time to time, even about like George Lucas and the original Star Wars and stuff like that. And I'm like, if you are saying that, you've never been involved in the creative process. Right. And yeah. <laughs> if you're saying that, then you don't understand how truly great things get made. Right. Yeah. It, it is not, it does not, there, it's so rare to have true inspiration, to have something that is like, and it comes this out is, perfect on yeah, the first this take. is the yeah. most amazing thing. Like, you can't sit down and write a script and have it be awesome. It's going to be 300 pages. You have to get it to 100, you yeah. know? Like, things evolve, and they evolve so much over the process, and they change, and you've got to be willing to have those happy accidents and and we you have to be willing this. to to write 200 bad pages to get to 100 that are great. Great. Yeah. Well, and not only, and then once it's off the page, you've got actors bringing their talents to it. Cinematographers, you've got editors, you've got CG artists, you've got the rest of you. Your job is to create a path to hold a it vision, but a create village. room for other people to achieve as well to reach their yeah. heights. And, right. and things change. We talked about um, Mike Nichols a couple of weeks ago. In legend has it that the infamous end of the graduate was a happy accident. Yeah. So know? was this. So was the line in Star Wars where, you know, Han Solo says, yeah. "I know." I know. Yeah. How great of a line is that? And yeah. it wasn't written. And that is what like. That's why film being a collaborative it's medium is awesome. that line. Yeah. I mean, he brought so much to that character. By the way, I told No, Luke, Oscar I am your mom's Isaac boyfriend. Didn't, <laughs> didn't really go over as well. Oscar Isaac, who's in Star Wars Episode Seven, yeah. and, um, Force Awakens, when, in our interview, we were talking about Harrison Ford. And he was like, you know, he was, Han was, remember Han didn't give an F about anything. I was like, but that was Harrison Ford, actually. That was him ad-libbing a lot. He's like, really? And I was like, yeah, I know, that was him. And he's like, really? That's amazing. I had no idea. So you're saying this you, is a you total, schooled Oscar Isaac. I taught the, a star of Star Wars about Star Wars. It's deep, y'all. I don't it know. Is. Sorry, I just derailed us. Go ahead. I'm excited. <laughs> the snake eats its own tail. <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, let's move on from, from Ghostbusters then to... Uh, <laughs> I already um, did. You, uh, you um, 
recently uh, uh, posted your, your set visit report from Avengers 2. Just tell the folks real quick about that, that one really catchy line of, of Whedon's that seems to have blown up. Do you remember the line? Oh, the about? line that I used as our yes. headline. <laughs> <laughs> that remember line. that set you, you went you on. The set of the Avengers. That lunch. amazing movie yes, you, you got said to. Something <laughs> terrible is coming that you're all gonna love. But it was in reference what we were talking about. Um, was actually the Hulk. Um, oh. In that moment, we were talking about uh, you know sort of. He, we think, he, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm no, so ahead. anxious <clears throat> to hear what you have to say. I'm kind no, of off. No, he, he ahead, had please. some. He had some really interesting things. You know. There's this question about that character is being held for the Avengers and how is he going to develop and things like that. And he's, he's a tough character. And he's like, the, the thing is, you're writing him, you're dealing with him like he's a werewolf and you want him to be a superhero. You know, like Banner does right. not want the Hulk to come out, um, but we want him to come out and we don't want Banner to be the thing that stands in our way. And he's like, having said that, something terrible is coming that you're all going to love. Um, and Mark Ruffalo, in our interview with him that we had put up earlier, had said also that you know a big confrontation is coming between Banner and the Hulk. Yeah. Um, so it's something terrible coming that we're all going to love in the movie as a whole. Absolutely. I mean, Ooh. it's called Ultron, and I think we know that. Like he said that the thing, the pathos of Ultron, I thought also that he said was interesting was that Ultron ultimately can never know that he's not the hero. I mean, mm. Ultron really believes that he's. He's got the right idea, you yeah. know, and he's the like hero of the piece. Um, so let me speculate then. Speculate. Do we think the Hulk could sacrifice himself to save people, and that thus ends the the Banner Hulk conflict? That it's kind of their empire moment where it's like it ends on a sad note, or I don't think so because if we're all going to love it, if we're all going to love it, we're not going to love that. So yeah. like. I think it's got, it's got to be something. Or does cooler. the Hulk kill somebody? I think it's entirely possible that the Hulk does make a grand gesture, but that we don't lose him forever. Maybe he says, "I should go off into space," and that's how we end up getting out like a plane of Hulk yeah. on the line. Or Infinity Wars could lead to that. Or could be. That's, you know, anything is possible. I Look think... at her getting all coy. Yeah, <laughs> somebody it's knows all something. Possible. <laughs> this is Joss. This is because Joss like slipped or something on a napkin during yeah. the interview. Hey, like, you know what? Your beard now. You, if you shaved your head, you, know, you could do Joss Whedon cosplay. We we Ooh. haven't we haven't been able to try. fully release like the way that we're allowed to sort of release. Yeah. Our set visit information is in pieces, so the interview by interview, we are not even yet allowed to say what we saw there. Yeah. But we saw things. We saw there things. I will say things. that there were things. I seen things. There were Did things you see a street? I'll ask you simple questions. <laughs> were there humans on this street? I'm Was there think. a Hulk that happened to be red? <laughs> just kidding. That's total. That's not. That's just happening. you. That's just me saying speculating. Um, but uh, any other uh, last thoughts on, you know, on adding things to he, Avengers 2 or whatever? You know, he yeah, he ha he sort of had a lot to say about it. He he, and I think we all know this that he had the idea basically that he wanted Paul Bettany to play the Vision and he wanted the villain to be Ultron in the second movie before he even agreed to do the first movie. Nice. Um, so he has been building his way, and the poor man looks like he's been beaten with a tired stick, he, <laughs> like for the last five years. But Can you imagine making the Avengers and no. how much that would take out of you? Yeah, and he I mean, he talked about that. He wasn't sure he was going to come back for the second one movie, but. Um, he is very, very passionate about this story. Um, he has a lot to say. Ultimately, I think that Spader is very into this um, version of Ultron. Um, we've seen in that trailer. Um, I think, I, I, I think this is 
just from what we sort of saw and talked about with people, this is definitely going to be one of the more interesting awesome. um, superhero movies that we've seen. But definitely. anyway, it's a long interview, and, and if you're interested in the project, I think he has a lot of interesting things to say about yeah, it. Yeah, please, please check it out on the site, IGN.com slash movies. Um, I want to talk about a, a, a different franchise. Actually, let me just throw out one news item. Last thing related to the Sony thing. We don't really have to talk about it at length, but... Uh, <laughs> One of the emails revealed that Jeff Nichols, the director of Take Shelter in Mud, um, is apparently the director of Aquaman, the Aquaman is, movie. I have to say that is the most bizarre. I don't want this guy's career to get ruined. Though. I do you like? I love those movies. I love Mud yeah, and I love awesome. Take Shelter, yeah. and I really Did want. You see him? I don't want I this guy's career shelter. to like. I don't want him. The the genre movies are littered with promising directors' careers who had been curtailed by doing something that was bigger than they could handle or that just didn't work. Yes, but, but it's also got the story of Christopher Nolan. Mm -hmm. and, who, and the Russo brothers. And the Russo and brothers and sure. plenty of other directors that, that didn't know how to make it work. Yep. Um, I was just surprised because, I mean, those are really... school and everyone today. Really intimate, <laughs> intimate movies. I mean, I yeah. Mud, I like a little more than Take Shelter, yeah. though I really like Take Shelter as well. Mud's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and Except it's gritty, too. And it's gritty as well. It's it, gritty. And it's actually the performance that convinced Nolan to cast Matthew uh, McConaughey in Interstellar. Interstellar. You guys could, should check out Mud is what we're saying. Yeah, it's great. Um, but I will say that I... I find that to be a very odd choice for Aquaman. I really, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's tough to know, but like I also thought, going back to the Russo brothers, I was like, you're doing what with who? Yeah. You know, like I, I didn't see it, but you and know. And now like, they are like the linchpin guys yeah, for Marvel. So like, They're gonna somebody the might be seeing it, and that's yeah. fine, you know? like That's awesome. Also, yeah, we don't know what the pitch session yeah, was like. Yeah, yeah if somebody comes in and like really knocks your socks off, I mean, really, in Hollywood, these movies, these these first movies are like auditions for those things. And yeah. it's not like everybody looks at it like that, but it's like, I want to make movies. And then you kind of see the progression, like somebody makes something that's awesome. Everybody's like, oh, hey, did you see Mud? And then you, then that guy is in everybody's mind. Or in, in yeah. the case of like Colin Trevorrow, like yeah. he made uh, Safety Not Guaranteed. Yeah. That movie is amazing. If you haven't seen it, you should yeah, see it. You that wouldn't too. think uh, Giant Dinosaur. You wouldn't then. think so, but I, I have faith in that movie. Like, yeah. I think Jurassic World looks good. So awesome. Um, let's let's move on to because uh, uh, we're going to have to probably start wrapping it up soon. But Star Trek Three is boy, man, <laughs> is that <laughs> is there's boy, some stuff man, going God, on dude, over woman. there. Uh, they got. Um, they got themselves quite a, a pickle there. And, um, Space pickle. You know, Roberto Orsi, no longer involved with the movie as director, kind of sort of involved as, like his name will be on there, but it sounds like even on a script level, his take, which, you know, is going to be kind of reworked or tossed out, whatever. Yeah. But the, the director shortlist includes, the, the, the guy who does seem like the front runner is Rupert Wyatt, who That's cool. directed... Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and also uh, just directed The Gambler, and he is—he's a guy who came from character-driven smaller movies, and then did Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. So I guess I'm eating my own words about <laughs> Jeff Nichols taking on Aquaman uh, because I loved Rise of the Planet so of the did Apes. I, yeah. um, so you know, so I so that's the good news is hopefully he's the one who will take over. They they have to start filming middle of next year to make the 2016 50th anniversary. Date of Star uh, of Star Trek, uh, but here's a 
Here's the kind of not so good news is that typical studio note said they look at whatever the most recent success was in that genre. And of course it's Guardian, Guardians of the Galaxy, which we all love, Yes. but it's a science fiction comedy. And mm. they're just thinking, basically make it more like Guardians. And I'm like, you don't know Star <laughs> Trek. It was already kind of too far afield of what Star Trek was when J.J. Yeah. was doing it. Star you know, Trek 3, Trouble with Tribbles. It's funny because... I want to rule that Scott, out. Scott Kalura, <laughs> yep. um, IGN editor. Um, resident Star Trek resident buff. Star Trek buff. And I were IMing about this the other day. And, and he was just weeping. He was asking you for solace. <laughs> for and solace. Just, it was just, it was awful. I think, I think a couple of things. One, that is the good news is that if, obviously this is a director who has proven that he can not only work within the confines of a franchise that was already created yeah. and sort of keep it within that tone, but bring something new and elevate it even. Yeah, I think that, redeem it. <laughs> re, I think that, that no, no, I, because I think that, um, you know, well, he, he why it had taken over, like the previous Apes film was Tim Burton's, and boy, no, did no, he no, turn no, that no. shit around. No, 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 but he actually, he didn't direct um, the first Apes film. No, he did. Rupert Wyatt directed Rise oh, of he, the Oh, he directed Wise, not Dawn, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Reeves Rise, Sorry, Dawn. Matt Reeves directed Dawn, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Rise, Dawn. Yeah, they're going backwards. They, they, Justice. They needed to have yeah. reversed those names. Yeah. Um, Rise and Dawn. In any event, he not only proved that he can redeem and like rebuild a franchise, so like that's great, you know. Yeah. But this is this is the thing about Orsi being off the project that I think is going to circle back to the second point. Orsi is a Star Trek fan, a huge Star Trek fan, and I think that he was looking to keep it in the vein of Star Trek, right? But the problem with that, and I agree with you that using Guardians as your sort of litmus test and saying like, let's make it more like Guardians, is a big mistake because the reason that Guardians was a success, I truly believe, is because James Gunn loved those characters. Mm. Loved them with every ounce of everything that is in his being, especially- Embrace the absurdity of the whole thing. Especially Rocket and Groot. And I think as a viewer, you can feel that coming yeah. off the screen. You can feel that There's sincerity. Soul in that movie, There's you know? soul in it and you can feel it coming off the screen. And now, funk. So that's the problem. You can't manufacture that. But this is the bigger question that I'm going to pose to the panel as of yes. a, one definitely big Star Trek fan. If that film really was not basically Star Wars as Star Trek as Star Wars, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Basically it was Trek infused with Star Wars. Right. Would it have been the 2009 film? Would it have been as mass appeal? Would no. it be the big sort of mass appeal hit that it was? No, but they, they did then, and here's, here's the odd thing. The goodwill that they had from uh, the first Trek, had, they squandered it and it had dissipated too much by the time they got to, into darkness. Too many years had passed. And then you try to shoehorn in an element of, of actual Trek lore with Khan and you screw that up. So now you've lost the people who are like, well, at least they're Trek fans involved. Um, so you kind of uh, you kind of need to, at this point, just get back to basics of telling a story. You know, that you need to to be able to uh, just keep us invested in these characters. Uh, so I mean, hopefully we'll see what's uh, what's going on with the, with that franchise sooner than later. They do have to start. Uh, they do have to start filming soon. So now I want to kind of move on and talk about something else uh, big that happened uh, last week. 
the revelation of the Star Wars, the, the names of the, the, the new characters in Star Wars, The Force Awakens, uh, and we, we only learned a couple of their names. Uh, you know, we have uh, John Boyega as Finn, Daisy Ridley as Rey, Oscar Isaac as Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron. Uh, although it could just be Dameron. Um, you know, uh, Star Wars does have a, a way of kind of having different pronunciations. Like, yeah. go to the Dagobah system. Dagobah, you know? <laughs> the well, Dagobah system is how I think Obi-Wan says it. Yeah, but and that's life. Dagobah. <laughs> yeah. Boston. 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 Even my last name pronounced differently Boston. in Europe. Yeah. Is a... <laughs> I mean, whatever. Anywho. Uh, and then the little droid, uh, the cute little uh, soccer ball droid, uh, R2 FIFA, as everyone likes to call him, <laughs> is actually called BB, uh, BB-8. BB-8. Um, and he's a, and according to Mark Hamill, he's an actual prop, not CG. He's going to yeah. be CG'd up a little bit. But Maybe. Anywho. Uh, anyways, today we yeah. also uh, learned about Captain Phasma. Which might Captain be Phasma. Phasma, which might be Quindling Christie's. Uh, that's going to be a, our new thing. Isn't it? That's how we should sign off every podcast now. Captain, Until next time, Captain, Captain Phasma, Quindling um, Christie's character apparently, and she's so like good. the head of the stormtrooper units Chrome looking for chrome troopers, looking for Finn. Uh, John Boyega's character, who she wants uh, a man. you know, is that you know he's a deserter. Yeah. Um, I feel like the Chrome Troopers are at least in part inspired by Daft Punk. <laughs> Could be, you know, you don't know. Love that. But it just got me thinking, Captain Phasma, that, that is a very goofy, like, I've been watching a lot of, like, old uh, Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon serials, like Buster Crab stuff, and just sort of the, the goofiness of the names and everything. It's so charming, but it does remind me of, like... I'm kind of in love you, with that name, actually, But it now. reminds you yeah. of, like, the serial roots of, of Star Wars. So I guess my, my question is, you know, to try and have some fun with this, uh, what are your favorite goofy or even bad Star Wars character names? I don't know. Luke Skywalker's <laughs> a cool name. Han Solo's a cool name. I Bosk think I think like I just, I didn't realize this until like he uh, by the way some of these names are just so bad like yeah. so like I'm just going to call this one prune face you know this yeah. one will be hammerhead but um the the funniest one that didn't occur to me I like I went through most of my life and then I had one of those aha moments was reese and I'm like <laughs> three eyes oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> three oh three eyes okay yeah. okay I mean, I feel like they're all sort of goofy names, you know, but yeah. they're like Boba Fett. Like, we just get used to it because we say it so often, you know? Yeah. yeah, Han Solo is a cool name. Luke Skywalker is a cool name. Like, is Jar Jar Binks a cool name? Not really. Starkiller's yeah. a cool name, and Star- they scrap that. I mean, that Darth like, Vader is a cool name. Vader yeah. is a cool name. Darth I mean, as a concept is a cool thing, you know, like... Grand like Moff Tarkin. Tarkin's Donk a cool name. Droid. But Moff is kind of... What'd you Moff. say? Makes me want to say it like that. Yeah. Donk. Gonk. <laughs> uh, but then we have the Bib Fortunas of the world, the Salacious B. Crumbs, yeah. the Max Rebo, although Joey Esposito's <laughs> Cat Rebo, it's, you know. Pretty amazing. Yeah, he, he did up the, the value of that. You know what I love yeah. about Max Rebo and that band is, like, they are just willing to, like, get that mood back on track, you know? Like, some Jedi comes in and disrupts things, yeah. but they're like, they know their job, man. Hold yeah. up they a know sec. their job. <laughs> Max Rebo's on the keys. They're like, yeah. they're they're like the Let's band in Titanic. The band played on. You know, they know. They're, they're professionals, man. I gotta, yeah. Now I, I like. I really, I'm really but, stumped on my favorite favorite name. Cloud car pilot. No. 
Uh, you know, uh, IGN's own uh, Colin Moriarty named his goldfish as a child Cloud Car Pilot, <laughs> <Did he> really? <laughs> which I love. I who's, love who's so much. Who's the dude who was Lando's co-pilot again in Jedi? Nyan Nyan. I can't get his name. Nyan Nyan. Nyan Or as I just like to go, that guy, the co-pilot. I like the I like the name Lobot. That was a little Jabba. That was a little Jabba. That no, that was almost more like the old Seven Up guy, like Seven Up. Wow, I'm dating myself. I like Lobot a lot. That's right. Which one? Lobot. Lobot. Lobot's pretty awesome to me. Jabba the Hutt though is kind of a goofy name. Jabba. 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 A bounty hunter named Rito. I was literally about to make an argument that it wasn't a goofy name, and then in mid argument, you're like, "Wait, his name is Jabba the Hutt." Yaddle. Jabba. Yaddle. I mean, I don't know. I don't. You guys, this is a total IGN inside joke, but we answer the phone Yaddle all the time, or Hell Yaddle. Like, there's a whole culture of in jokes surrounding Yaddle. But I, I submit to you once again <laughs> that every one of the names is equally goofy. It's just that some are we're more used to Chewbacca. than others. Chewbacca. Yeah. Chewbacca. It works Chewbacca. because he looks like a, a, a giant, uh, you know, dog or, yeah. or a bear. You know, so you, you kind of like you're used to giving pets goofy names. Boba the soul Fett. of the entire franchise, R two D two. Oh, cute. Real two, drawer two. That's where that comes from. Uh, Lucas was looking at, uh, he was trying to figure out a name for this drawer, for this droid, and he looked at these film drawers. The film used to be stored in drawers, yeah. and one of it, one of them was Real 2, Drawer 2, and that's where R2-D2 comes from. Wow. Aww. That was a lovely that's bit a nice of... a uh, nice piece of trivia. Wow. Thank like you for that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Phasma! <laughs> Captain Phasma! Do you maintain and agree that he is the soul, heart and soul of that franchise? Good. <laughs> well, you know what always uh, made me uh, confused about uh, Star Wars and, and naming is you have these strange names and every now and then you have Luke, Owen, Lars, like real names. Yeah. They're like, what I, the? Like, I saw people actually complaining about that like in the Star Wars Pete article. Skywalker or something? Like, what? what like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's the strangest thing. I'm like, what? Jethro Skywalker. You know? That's kind of awesome. I like, is Grand Moff Tarkin's first name like <laughs> Phil? Phil Tarkin? Phil, Phil Tarkin. Tarkin. Yeah, probably because he's the Grand Moff. That's his title. Yeah. But There yeah. was this whole hashtag the other day about like sci fi bands. And I did, I did a uh, boot, and I did a uh, Grand Moff Railroad. Nice, like Grand Funk Railroad. I like Get that. that. Uh-huh. I, um, my favorite, not not my favorite one, but the only Star Wars related one I did was the Empire Strikes Back Street Boys. Ba ba ba. I couldn't um, even say that. So out loud. so wait, Roth. What is your favorite bad goofy Star Wars name? I don't have one. I thought you, you said Gonk or whatever. I guess Gonk. I mean, just because I like to say it, because it makes me feel like this. I think gonk. Bib Fortuna gonk is my <laughs> Bib Fortuna. It's just so goofy. All right. Gonk. Well, moving on. Well, y you let us know in the comments what your favorite goofy or bad Star Wars character name is. And again, it's all in good fun. We love Star Klaatu. Wars. Klaatu. Klaatu. Um, isn't Klaatu? Isn't that kind of a nod to? I yeah, think it is. That the Lando like Calrissian is actually Lovecraft, the coolest yeah. name, though. Lando Calrissian, Lando although. Like Calrissian now, or or even like in, in uh, you got to think how unfortunate Star Trek fans must feel that they had this whole race of of characters called the Kardashians, and now we have the Kardashians, and it's we just have like, our own race of creatures <laughs> called the Kardashians, and it's just like you got to be like, ah, damn it, you know, we can't ever use them in the movies now. Um, all right, so oh, oh, I'm sorry, did you have uh, one last point on Star Wars you wanted to make? No. 
Gonk. Gonk. <laughs> I've Captain made that point Fun. several times. Yeah. So. All right. No, I, I think that they're all equally goofy. All they right. Really so on that note, let us move on. So it is the, uh, um, the end of the year, uh, and we're going to just do a quick look back. We have a whole best of movies 2014 thing. I like it Up when Jim takes it down. Let's take it down for a minute. Best of 2014. I, I'm just curious, real quick, what were your guys say, I don't know, one, two, three favorite movies of the year, and maybe that one or two or whatever movies that you absolutely loathed. Roth, let's start with you. Okay. Because I gave you a heads up before this that we were going to The pressure talk about is this. on. That's right. Um, you know, there's still a few movies that I'm actually going to carve out the next two weeks to catch up on. However, yep, I will say, and I don't think that anything will eclipse my passionate love for Birdman. Mm -hmm. um, that is my favorite movie of the year. I could write a whole piece on why, and I will. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love that film. But I, having said that, just, you know, look, it's, these are two very different kind of movies, but. I do not, you know this, I do not see movies on repeat on a regular basis. I see yep. them once and then I move on, mostly because I have to time-wise. I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy six times. Wow, I will dude. see it again. I will own it. I, You know, the last time I, I saw it, I came home and my boyfriend was like, still, honey? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, I, I really love it. I love it so hard. Like, I, I don't think I've felt this way about a movie since I was a little kid. That's awesome. Um, and I'm not even really sure that I can totally, like, it's all the intangibles, why? though, sometimes, yeah. of why you yeah. love a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was the, the moment you first saw it or whatever. I mean, um, and we go over this sometimes in our, our top 10 movies, and yours is coming up, and like you pick your favorite movie, and oftentimes you can't. It's difficult to verbalize why you love something. You just do. Yeah. You love it even with its flaws or whatever. You whatever know? it yeah. is. You just, yeah. Yeah, so I really love that. I've, I've yeah. connected to that in such a visceral way. Um, and I think we'll continue to because it hasn't gotten old yet. So um, Birdman, Birdman, Guardians. Guardians. And I really loved Whiplash. And Whiplash. Um, it's yeah. a nice eclectic mix. Nice you get there. mix. Uh, mix. What about movies that Not just, so boy, oh boy, <laughs> did they really Ooh. hurt your t 2014? This one we talked about earlier, and I truly think this is a terrible movie, but it's almost I still haven't seen it, but I need to see terrible. it. Okay. No, no, no. Um, the Winter's Tale. Oh, Winter's Tale I did yeah, see, Yeah, Winter's yes. Tale, which was... I will never forget certain things of that movie. It's so bad, but I'm like, I'm never going to forget William Hurt trying to keep his house from it blowing is. up like <laughs> Wiley Coyote style. But like, it's, you know. it, it is entertainingly bad. And Colin uh, uh, Farrell with a Pegasus. I watched that one on a plane and I... And Will I, Smith is the devil. <laughs> I know. And I almost really couldn't believe what was happening, but I... I weirdly have an affection because I was like, what? Like, but it was entertaining, so gloriously bad. There was a very odd little film that I saw called The Identical yeah. that is like, this is the one. So bizarre and annoying. Um, <laughs> it is, it is, it is like Elvis, but not. It's like basically um, if Elvis, because Elvis uh, Presley was born a twin, but his twin brother was dead at birth. But mm -hmm. it's kind of like the the conceit is. If the twins had essentially changed places in life, you know, the twin didn't die, but was raised by somebody but else. was raised by a basically creature. basically had Elvis's And life then becomes and an Elvis impersonator. Except, oh that, except that it's not Elvis, and they're not called, the, the big star is not called Elvis, mm. but Elvis Presley does exist in the world Which the is movie, just even weirder. Which is even weirder. And it's like, it's one of those movies that, 
that was created with a Christian message. That's not my issue with it. Like, Because when fine. you deliver a Christian message, you want to hear it from Ray Scary Eyes Leota. Yeah. He plays, <laughs> you're going go to Ray go to Leota plays the dad who's a preacher, <laughs> and the whole thing is trying to deliver this very convoluted Christian message. And it doesn't make you're any sense. You're going to hell, kid. Like, it's just none of it makes, like, it's like stay away from the rock and roll, but ultimately you got to follow your dream and be who you are. It's crazy. Find your voice. And, like, it... And I, I want like to see it. it just because I'm a huge Elvis fan. I'm just like, it reminds me of like Twilight Zone and I, um, and I think Quantum Leap did an Elvis episode too, but like the Twilight Zone of the 80s did this, this Elvis episode where an Elvis impersonator goes back in time. Back in time. Uh, goes back in time because he just wants to meet Elvis, but he accidentally causes his death. And Whoops. so he ends up assuming his life um, and... Uh, ends up living out all the same mistakes that Elvis made. Yeah. So it's an inter- it's not a very good episode, but it's an interesting story. Um, and, I uh, we, you know, I so I just think I have to see it just for that reason. Um, you, yeah, check it out. I mean, again, it, it's funny because these are the things that are jumping out in my mind, but I think probably um, were I to really able to review every movie I've seen this year, which is a lot, we've, we've mm-hmm. seen a lot, there's probably some that I'm not um, remembering because they're so forgettable and those will probably be the ones that are actually the worst movies I've seen yeah. but I don't remember them because yeah. they're forgettable <laughs> right Chris so yeah favorite and least favorite I, movies I will I mean for all the reasons Roth elicited el- el- whatever for all the re- <laughs> for all the reasons that Roth said um, Guardians of the Galaxy awesome amazing can't wait to own it on blu-ray you know, waiting for you the Christmas know. list. Yeah. There you go. Um, Santa's but, a coming. But I love that movie. Um, also, blockbuster wise, I thought Dawn of the Planet of the Apes was amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. was. I loved Godzilla probably more than the average bear. I was really, really hey. entertained by that movie. Loved it. Have um, you asked the average bear what they thought of Godzilla? <laughs> on the smaller movie tip, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel was awesome. Mm. Really, really great. I, you know, as you know, I'm a Wes Anderson fan, but I thought he, it was like so pitch perfect that movie. Um, and then it was a really good year for horror yeah. um, and capped off by the Babadook, Duck, Duck. That, that movie is so good. I, I love see, it. Go watch it. One of mine. That's one of the ones that I haven't seen yet. So that very well that very well may eventually make my list too, but I haven't seen it yet. I keep talking about this and I will continue to talk about it, but I also really, really, really loved Starry Eyes, which mm-hmm. is about uh, this young actress who's trying to make it in Hollywood and kind of... Uh, makes some compromises along the way and it ends up in a very Rosemary's Baby slash Mulholland Drive place and it gets really dark and violent and uh, it's uh, it's pretty, pretty okay, good. Least, coming, your least favorite Coming to now. Blu-ray, we found out today on February 3rd. Ah, okay. You and I both like Godzilla, by the way. Yeah, no, I know, I know. Yeah. Um, the thing that I, you know, uh, here's the thing. On the forget, forgettable tip, it's like I'm not one of those people like, just wholesale hates on Michael Bay, but I thought Transformers 4 was really, really bloated and mm-hmm. so unnecessary. Um, and I, that stands out to me because I was watching it on a plane and it just would never end. And I didn't see the ending to it. And normally I get really bothered by not seeing the ending to a movie after I've put in like three hours on it. But like, I just don't care. And that is like the mark of like, it's I really, worse. really don't Apathy care. Apathy is even worse yeah. than yeah. anger at a movie. You know? Yeah. Like, you really blew it. Like, if I'm looking at my watch and I'm on a plane, that's a problem, you know? Like, I want to be distracted. That that movie, I agree, it's just, it's way too long. Yeah. Way, way too long. And the thing is, is there are good elements and there is some craft in making it. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of things you can point to that were good about it. 
But ultimately, it's just a lot of you know sound and fury signifying nothing, mm -hmm. as they say. Yes. The I am. Yeah. I'm going to uh, because we're going to have to probably start wrapping it up here in a few moments. We do have meetings to get to. We have meetings. Um, we so, have meetings. favorite movies of mine of 2014: Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. I absolutely, absolutely love. Right. It's my favorite Marvel movie. I do love Guardians. That's definitely on my list. But Cap 2, I just. I love that of all the Marvel movies, it had something to say. Yeah. And it didn't have to. It could have just been a popcorn flick. And I thought it was really ballsy that they that they went there. And I just I just love the movie. I, I think everyone gets their moment in there. And it's just, the action is great. Um, I, I just, I loved it. Uh, I love The Babadook. Yeah. I, I really, it's one of my now all-time favorite horror movies. Um, I, I It's been a long time since I saw a movie in an initial viewing, like, that's on my list. I think the last time that happened for me was LA Confidential. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for me too, instant classic. Yeah, yeah I was like, this movie is just like, I'm I responded to it tonight. for a bunch of, for a bunch of reasons. Um, uh, and then um, Birdman, and I, I love that movie because it does really skewer the industry and nobody kind of looks good in it, but I'm also a huge Michael Keaton fan, um, not just because of Batman, uh, I love clean and sober, and I, I really, I, I just, I really like Mr. him Mom. as an actor. Um, I actually went to see Mr. Mom a I lot like when Mr. it Mom. came out, uh, and so I just love that this now he is, he's back. Like he went away for a few years, um, and it's just great that he's back, and he probably is going to win the Oscar for best actor. I mean, Inarathu should win for director in my yeah. opinion. That is, that is the most well-directed movie of this year. Period. Done. Hands yeah. down. It's, it's, it's. And this word is overused, but it is actually brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Kent. Jennifer it's Kent. Jennifer Kent. So let's talk about this tomorrow because if you do truly see the Babadook tonight, I want to hear what you say about I best director tomorrow. I actually have an unbroken screening, but I will see it soon okay. enough. Um, and then uh, a couple other ones I just want to throw out: X Men: Days of Future Past. I yeah. really right. liked, yeah. despite my misgivings about. I, I, we I were didn't only think, allowed two. Um, <laughs> Well, I said look, like six. So. I'm the one. I'm the one with the. I'm the one holding the pad. That's no right. Pad. I'm the timekeeper. Uh, Days of Future Past, Dawn of the Apes. Yeah. Dawn of the Apes. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Dawn of the Apes. I love Cap that. Koba is just awesome. Yeah, those are all ones that I love too. But yeah, and now ones I. Now the ones I didn't like. Uh, Winter's Tale is on there, um, and um, uh, Transformers Four, and I, I was more forgiving of the past ones because, but boy, when. You know, I, I'm just watching this, and I'm like, it's just dumb on so many levels. <laughs> um, and I'm sure there are other ones that are escaping me right now that I absolutely hated. Um, pro it's probably some comedy I was forced to see. Oh, I thought Ouija was really stupid and missed opportunity. And I get doing it as a micro-budget thing. It does make sense. Um, and I totally understand the ex you know, why they went that route. But I didn't think the story was good. And Olivia Cook's a fine young actress, and even she couldn't like really do much with it. So I think that one more than anything was frustrating because it it could have been good, but it's so I basically I have two Michael Bay movies of my you know, <laughs> worst ones. Um, so let's talk about um, looking ahead to 2015 and the movies that we're uh, uh, most excited to see. Uh, we don't have to go into big explanations why, but like Roth. Uh, 
any 2015 movies that you absolutely can't wait to see? I mean, it's a small <coughs> year for movies. And yeah. Yeah. There's just not much coming out in 2015. Yeah. I think that we're Maybe all, the interview. <laughs> I mean, I think that we're, maybe that's 2016. Um, I think that we're all obviously going to be looking forward to the same thing. Star Wars, we're going to be looking forward uh -huh. to Ultron and Ant-Man and things like that. I will say that in that mix, though, and I really heavily, big time, for real, I'm looking forward to those things. Ultron, for the reasons I said, the things that we know about it, it really looks like it's going to be one of the more interesting superhero movies. Star Wars, for all of the obvious reasons, just that return. Mm -hmm. I loved the trailer. But I think that what we're, we're going to find is that there are some movies that we aren't thinking about right now because they're not the things that we cover this far out in production that will surprise us. Things mm -hmm. like this year's Birdman, things like yeah. Whiplash, this tiny little movie, you know, yeah. that you go and you see and it blows your mind. Um, but Star Wars. Okay, <laughs> Jurassic World, in addition to what she said, Jurassic World for me. Um, yeah, again, it, I mean, I think the conclusion of Hunger Games is going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> if I'm not like champing at the bit to see it, but I, I think it's going to be a cool sort of moment yeah. for, for at least blockbusters next year. And yeah, I agree. Like the, A lot of times my movies are movies that are not even on my radar until I'm into the year, and then I'm like, oh, wow, this movie is really, really yeah. good. Um, so yeah, but, I, but Jurassic World, I have to put that out there. And what about Terminator for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a total curiosity. I'm, I will say that I'm going into Terminator with a complete open mind, and I really want it to be good. It doesn't mean that I ultimately will think it's good, but yeah, for sure. I mean, I love that franchise. I have three movies that I'm I'm really stoked to see. One is Spectre. Oh yeah, I about Spectre. Spectre because I'm a huge James Bond fan, and um, uh, I, I really do love D Daniel Craig's Bond, and I, I loved Skyfall. I know it seems to retroactively become this sort of divisive movie. I liked it. I, um, was, I thought it was yeah. great, and, and so I can't wait to see what they're what they're going to do with Spectre and bring back that that very key old school Bond element, you know, and making it more like the the classic Bond. So I think it's going to be an interesting challenge. I'm also really uh, looking forward to Inside Out from Pixar because mm -hmm. uh, the stuff that we've seen from that looks really cool. Yeah. But there's a movie with a very personal. Um, uh, kind of slant for me that I, I, I really cannot wait to see, and that's a movie called Black Mass. Mm -hmm. uh, well, it might not end up being called that, but it's about Boston Gangster. I'm a Boston guy. Boston Gangster, Whitey Bulger, played by Johnny Depp, and this really was a very, the case of Whitey Bulger and, and sort of him corrupting the FBI agents who were his handlers who used him as an informant, and basically got away, literally got away with murder for 30 years and they knew about it. And in fact, his FBI handler is now in jail. Um, this is a hugely important story in the history of Boston and Bostonians themselves are kind of over it. They're sick of hearing about it. But, um, you know, Affleck and Damon were trying to get this made and they ended up kind of getting screwed out of it. I would have loved to have seen my hometown boys make a version of it. but. Um, I, I love Scott Cooper as a director for it. I really like his style. I, and he's the guy who did Crazy Heart out of the furnace. And Johnny Depp, really, this could be the role where people take him seriously again. Um, so that for that reason, um, these are the, the three movies I'm stoked to see. You guys tell us in the comments what, uh, what 2015 movies you can't wait to see. Now we have to start wrapping this up, but... Um, I'm sorry, Hob, but we have no time for you. This is He's the Matt Damon to our Jimmy Fallon. No, The Hobbit, <laughs> The Battle of the Five Armies, um, 
is opening up uh, this weekend. Or it's actually it's already out. It's open already yeah. made to what, twenty-four million. Um, yeah, and it's made a uh, hundred and forty-six point seven million and counting overseas already. Um, but you know, we we think it's gonna you know obviously it'll be number one, but it's got a lot of the you know competition from Annie, which isn't good. Uh, and then Night at the Museum, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, as they say, good. good. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, although the little girl plays uh, Annie is great, she but everything else in the movie didn't really work for me. She was uh, the, she was the lead in Beast of the Southern. Yeah, Park, right? yeah, she was uh, yeah. Oscar nominated. Yeah, wasn't she? yeah. Wallace. Yeah, Night at the Museum three, The Secret yep. of the Tomb. Uh, but uh, rather than like box office prognosticate, uh, since this is the end of the road for Peter Jackson's time in Middle Earth, at least as far as we know, um, what do you think ultimately? How do you think his 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 trilogies of the Middle Earth saga, his Middle Earth saga, how do you think they'll be remembered? Did did they go back to the well too often on this one? Did they actually ultimately hurt? I think the the, the, franchise? the decision to split Hobbit into three movies is uh, was questioned at the time it happened and will be questioned later. But just from a story perspective, I think it got stretched a little thin. Um, you know, I think the. I ultimately think that the Hobbit movies are not going to appear as bad, you know, like yeah. in retrospect as like people right now. I think people are really sick of it, but like ten years from now, I think they'll be fine movies. You know, it's a little. I think people will still trilogy. be, you know, uh, <laughs> bemoaning the prequels, trilogy. but I don't think they'll. I, I I don't. I think the Hobbit stuff will be kind of a non yeah conversation. Yeah. Agreed. But, I, I mean, mm. Lord of the Rings, the, the first three movies are so special. They were happening at a time when fantasy was, like, kind of not in vogue. And then yeah. when they happened, it kind of was like, oh, hey, this can be, you know, you can make an epic movie. And I personally think Fellowship is the best movie of all six. So um, that's is that also your favorite of the Tolkien adaptations here? I would say Jackson's that in? and Return of, the, Return of the King. Return of the King? Return yeah. of the King. Yeah, I, yeah. I was like second guessing myself. <laughs> Return of the King. Did he return? Um, no, no matter what, like there, like you can never take that moment away where um, where Aragorn is like, uh, "You bow to no man." You know, like yeah. that still makes me tear up. Like yeah. when I see it now, and I'm like, "That was such a payoff." That the end of that movie, even though we talk about the false endings and all this stuff, like the end of that movie felt like the end of something, and the end of Hobbit, I feel like doesn't feel it's, the same. It's a, know? it's a dot dot dot. But yeah, it's also not just, meant to, right? But it's also, you don't, that's the biggest crime for me of, of uh, Battle of the Five Armies is you don't feel any, you didn't, I didn't feel anything at the end of it. I felt no I had to pee. weight had come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I felt the weight of something. One of these days we're going to have to have a conversation about how, like, what when you, when you choose the moment to leave, <laughs> to leave the, the movie to, to pee go. because it's a strategic it's such, decision. It is a really strategic decision. I held up because I kept thinking it was going to end. Oh, man. Um, and, and I kept getting more and more upset that because yeah. it just really had to be. But there's but that tells me something because I saw, and this is a movie that not everybody loves, but Warrior um, with Tom Hardy oh, and I Joel Edgerton, and I, I loved that movie. I had to pee the whole time, and I ha held it the whole, this is so much information, but I held it the whole time because I was so riveted by that story and by Even though when people were getting kicked in the midsection, where the bladder is, yeah. probably, you know. I contend, oh, yeah. I contend that what hurt that movie, what lost it, the credit that it deserves, is that people don't understand UFC and they have a judgment But also it, it opened uh, not too long after the fighter, and it's a similar conceit yeah. of two brothers. Yeah. Well, but, anyway, but let's get back to Lord of the Rings and Tolkien and all that. Uh, do you have a, a favorite 
of the Tolkien movies, or or did did that franchise ultimately did it mean anything to you? Uh, I mean, I think the Lord of the Rings trilogy certainly, and um, the Hobbit franchise, I am still wrestling with. I think it is very bloated. I mean, I really think they're just those. I think that this final film should be the half hour ending climax, and it would have been a great half hour climax to one movie. Not two, even. Most people are like, well, it should have been two. I think it should have been one movie. And this is that one three-hour movie, and this is the, what should have been the half-hour end, and I think it would have been great. Yeah. But that is not what happened. Um, and I will probably not change my mind that that's yeah. how it should have been done. Okay. The Lord of the Rings, I think, is a different story. For me, um, uh, my, my favorite of the, the, the entire series, uh, probably it's kind of a toss-up, though. Like I, I, There are things I love about Fellowship, mm -hmm. But that Helm's Deep battle and Two Towers is just so awesome. Um, and then Return of the King, I absolutely love that scene at the end of the movie, well, one of the ends, where they, the, the hobbits go to the bar. <laughs> Four hobbits walk into a bar. And they're just, and it's a quiet scene, and they're just looking at each other. And it's basically guys who just came home from war, but you can't really go home again. Like, life is the same, but you've been so deeply affected and altered by this experience. And that was the sort of weight and the sort of, the, just the gravity of the change that the characters went through that's yeah. absolutely missing, in my opinion, from Battle of the Five yeah, Armies. It and is. that makes it such a... Also, it doesn't have the moment of Strider opening up the doors, <laughs> which is just hot. And, yeah. by, and by the way, <laughs> like that's that scene, I think the other thing about that scene that's crazy is like, these guys are just back in, you know, in the, in the Shire, and nobody around them knows that they just saved, really, the entire world. Yeah. Like, seriously saved yeah. the entire world. And they're not bragging about it either, which is yeah. awesome. They're just like, hey, we're back to life, but holy man. You yeah. know, like, I just yeah. said holy man for the second holy time. Man. That's right. That's holy man. Crazy. Yeah. Are, are you, do you have that Eddie Murphy movie on the brain? No, holy no. My mom always used to say holy I man. I will say man. that I enjoyed seeing Smaug. In this, in this but, but I did like Desolation Schmaug in the last film and, and in this one basically was was the dragon equivalent of Sam Jackson in the diner in Pulp Fiction <laughs> saying, mine's the wallet that says badass mother. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is like the whole time. He's like, my claws, but have I told you about my fire? Don't mess with, it's basically like, don't mess with smog is what he says. Uh, that's what he's like in the book too. Like, yeah. I know, he but comes it, across as just boastful. But, but it, on film, it comes across as like just this guy who Yeah, you shouldn't be rooting for the dragon more than the dwarves. But, but it becomes and that's part of the problem with Battle guy, of Five Armies is I didn't like anybody in the movie. They were all a-holes. But it comes across as like the, this person who rightfully is boasting about being the baddest one around yeah. until that arrow hits him. true. This is like epic rap battle. Um, you know, it's been such a, uh, um, a full podcast. We didn't even get a chance to really talk about Exodus opening last weekend, but maybe, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think that needs mention um, beyond that. Anyhow, uh, uh, I'm sorry that we couldn't get to your reader email. All year long. Um, but uh, just keeping up the tradition, but it was a very long podcast. We do have, we have to go now, but I want to say thank you to you guys for being uh, uh, my, my fellow hosts on this uh, podcast of last year. I'd like to thank the listeners um, for just you know, really yeah. embracing the show and uh, give us a shout out on iTunes. 
send us your thoughts at keepingitreal at IGN.com so that we can't read them on the <laughs> We will. That's my New Year's resolution. More reader email. And uh, as always, um, uh, thanks for listening. Thank Happy you. New Year and holidays, you whatever you may worship. And we'll catch you next time.